Manchester said, you're going to stay, you will know that Tottenham are shit. Tottenham Hotspur are shit. Now if you come on down to Highbury, you can see Thierry Henry. He is the best player you will ever see. Thierry, Henry. Now if you come on down to Highbury. Hello and welcome to From Dial Square to Where. Once again with me, Andrew, who's at From Dial Square, and Kunjan, who's at Kunjan Listen, How are you, Kunjan? Good, buddy. How are you doing? Very good, very good. Always good to see you, Pat. Same here. In fact, I have a question to ask you, a very important question. It just slipped my mind. Um, so are you allergic to apples or berries or um, any, any fruit whatsoever? No. Okay. Because yeah. I was gonna bake I was gonna bake you a humble pie. So I just wanted to know what went <laughs> well with it. I'm not allergic to humbles either, so yeah, I do plenty of humbles. <laughs> No, I mean, considering that, you know, we were well, we were discussing about Lacazette last yeah, week. Yeah, I know, I know, I absolutely. Thought, I thought it would be a lovely way to start the show by offering you a big chunk of slice of humble pie and ask you, does it taste good <laughs> with the ice cream without the ice cream? <laughs> yeah, just, I think I will have ice cream, actually, as long as it's warm. Yeah. Not the ice cream, the, the pie. But yeah, no. <laughs> Hey, uh, I mean, yeah, I was going to do exactly the same thing and talk about Lacazette pretty much straight away in this this show because um I, you know i think everything that we we said before i'm not trying to back myself up i think everything we said was quite valid because you know it yeah. wasn't but that performance um against wolves was right. absolutely fantastic wasn't it absolutely fantastic and from what we've said before in all previous episodes the effort and the desire um the energy that he has been putting into all the games recently has never been in question, never been in doubt. And once yeah. again, it was exactly the same against Wolves the other day. Um, but, I mean, what happened in the 95th, 96th minute, whatever it was, was totally deserved. I mean, because on top of everything that we've already mentioned about what he already does offer, yeah, I mean, he was putting in the shots, he was, you know... A, trying his absolute utmost, he's creating chances. He was spinning off players and, and running past them. I remember one on uh, Ruben Neves, obviously one one of our big targets. Uh, he just span off him and just left him like a mug on, you know, sent him for a, <laughs> sent him for a hot dog at one stage. And yeah, he did, I think he had eight shots, um, which, you know, obviously didn't go in but he he was having the efforts he was he was shooting he was trying to he was desperate to score that goal and the fact that it was put down as an own goal in the end I think all yeah. the Arsenal fans are very very happy to just to say that it was Lacazette's goal aren't we I mean yeah. it, it really was um and we'll we'll come on to the other star performers a bit later but yeah Lacazette hats off to you mate it was a fantastic performance in fact, if, even if, whether or not it went uh, as an own goal or not, like um, if you watch the replay again, if um, uh, Jose Sa did not get his uh, hands on the ball, it was going to the far yeah. post where Saka was waiting. So yeah, like yeah. I said, would have got the assist as well for that, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so so he was contributing and he did run himself into the ground and, and you have to give it to him. And, and this is the first... Mm. I mean, must be one of the few times Arteta did not take him off. 
Because mm. I think we see it about in the 70th minute that um, Lacazette does tend to run himself a little down. Um, and, and Arteta does want to freshen it up up front. He kept him on. In fact, I when I was watching the game, I, I, I was a little surprised when Martinelli went off. Um, uh, because Martinelli does produce a little spark of magic when you least expect it. But I do believe that maybe Martinelli wasn't uh, getting into the game as much as he was in the first half. Um, and bringing on yeah. Pepe, who... I when Pepe came on, I, I remember I turned to um, the person I was watching the game with, and I said to her, "I was like, either we're we're going to score in the dying minutes and and salvage a draw, mm-hmm. um, or we're going to get a penalty." Um, because ju- just the way Pepe was was terrorizing the box, you expected something to happen. Yeah. So when Pepe scored the equalizer, I wasn't even one bit surprised. I genuinely was not surprised about that. It, I mean, if it wasn't for Lacazette's almighty performance on the night as well, I think uh, Pepe coming on and producing that, what, 19, 20-minute cameo that he did, he is quite easily a candidate for man of the match as well because of the way that he's completely changed the dynamic of the game. I think we've, we've got to take your hat off as well to Mikel Arteta because he's come under a hell of a lot of criticism for his... Um, substitutions in the past and sort of you know and when he does when he has made substitutions hi melvin um it's it's always been you know quite a sort of a like for like type of thing and you know he's brought them on too late or whatever but he got his substitution spot on um against walls and going he basically went from you know, the, the standard sort of 4-3-3 we've been playing the last few games to a 3-5-2, a didn't he? And yeah, he did. taking off Cedric and and it really worked. And, but, I mean, Pepe, when he come on, he, were, he was really dangerous, wasn't he? And that goal is such... I mean, I don't know, it's, you class it as an underrated goal, I think, from all, a lot of Arsenal fans have rated it. But it was such an underrated goal and you cannot also not speak about the the impact that Eddie Inketia had on the game as well, which was hugely un- unexpected, really, considering the really sort of ineffective performances he'd been he's been putting in previously. But he came on and he looked like a different beast as well. Um it was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean that that goal in particular, the Pepe goal that sort of really got us back on track when it was looking like it could be one of those days for us. It was just fantastic. You know, you can't say much much else about that as well. The lofty pass from Erdegaard, um, who was also excellent. Yeah. The work that Eddie and Ketty did, and, and the assist, and the, the just the finish. I mean, I don't think anyone else in our team could have scored that goal that Pepe did, if you think about it. The way that he right, took it right, yeah. and spinned in one movement. He must have gone round, I don't know, 200, and, 200 degrees, spun round right. and finished it in just exactly the right position, right next to the post, was was unbelievable. To consider, to think about one thing that in all of this, right. I've not read or heard anywhere, is b- before the game started, I was a little worried. I was a little worried about one thing, and that was we did not have Emil Smith-Rowe. At the end of this game, not a single person has turned around and spoken about Emil Smith-Rowe. And I... This is this is what we talk about getting a good uh, squad depth. That everyone's going to wonder about uh, Watford. That are we going to start with Pepe? Because if we start with Pepe, 
where? Where do mm-hmm. we start Pepe? Mm-hmm. You drop Lacazette. If you drop Lacazette, who takes the, that position? If Emil Smith-Rowe comes back into the team, where is he? This is a good headache to have. Yeah. If you if you if you track back a couple of years back, um, if we had an injury to someone like Gibbs, um, our next best option was Andre Santos. <laughs> now that's a headache. That's not a selection headache. That's just a headache to have. And <laughs> and, and right now we're 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 not even speaking about someone like Lukonga. We're not speaking about someone like Tavares. Tavares came on for what was it three four minutes? Yeah. And. And and the thing is, like, not a single person was like, "Oh man, you know, we need to shore up this defense." We were we were okay about it. We're like, "All right, bring it on." When we went down to ten men in the past, um, be it against Liverpool um, or even Wolves, and and Rob Holding came on, we were like, "Okay, yeah, we we will we'll, we'll, we'll ride the storm." We were we were confident. Like, these are the small little things that go unnoticed. We do not realize the importance of something like this until. We take a step back and look at it in hindsight that we do have. Yes, we're short. Uh, let, let's let's not get carried away. We are a little short. Um, yeah. We do lack quality to be considered a, a guaranteed top four team. But just look a, a little further down the road from us, and I and I don't mean um, the scums. Chelsea, Chelsea have immense quality. You name the players. You name the squad that they have. Two good players for every position. Yet, there's a possibility we could leapfrog them for the third position. So, there's something good happening um, at the Emirates, and we have to take notice for that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll steal a a comment that uh, James, our good friend James Johnson, uh, get well soon, James. He's not very well at the minute. And uh, listen to his, uh, well, he's he's part of the, the wonderful purely Arsenal podcast, go and give it a listen, everyone, if you don't do so already. He said that um, he mentioned you know, two, the two, three uh, good players on the bench. Well, more than that, you know, four or five players. And then he said the rest of it is taken up by the babies who are still on cow and gate, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I don't know if you know, it's baby food over here. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it was a very good point because, we do need a lot more depth. I mean, I'd love to see some of those players coming through and getting a chance. Uh, if we if we finish up in the Europa League, then there's more of a chance for them in the group stages. If we get into the group stages of the Champions League, then it's going to be much more limited. I mean, it's going to be a much harder pro- prospect of, of getting out the group. However, we're not going to be seeded very highly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to undoubtedly get... A, a, a terrible group like we always do probably you know uh Bayern Munich as we always get Bayern Munich uh <laughs> Olympiakos because we always get Olympiakos and and uh another maybe a Galatasaray, but, maybe a Galatasaray guys. yeah exactly exactly or for we go meet a good friend of ours at Fernabashi why not yeah, and Ryan's put a message in. He's, uh, I should have said earlier, he's, he's going to be joining the show imminently. Um, just uh, running a little bit late, so we look forward to you joining the show in a moment, Ryan. But yeah, we if we if and when we get the European football, which I'm sure we will do at this stage now in the yeah. season, we are going to have to bulk a squad up with you know better quality uh, players because we're going to need a squad 
going into a European competition season as well, with four competitions to play for. So, you made a very you made a very important statement because mm. it just goes to show how successful the season has been. As much as yes, we've had um, a really dodgy cup season, but it's been a really successful season because starting of the season, despite our six signings and despite all the outgoings we've had, every Arsenal fan said we need to get into Europa League. Right now, we're discussing about top four mm. easily, easily. We're not even like having doubts. We're like, top four is clearly a possibility. I'm going on record to saying that even third position is a possibility. This is the success of this season. And we take it for granted. We never, ever speak about this by saying, we started speaking in September for, let's try top six. Let's try. And... Here we are speaking about trying to get into the top three. So you yeah. have to. It's wonderful, it. isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling. Well, like Russ just said, uh, we won't be getting Spartak Moscow. Uh, that's one side we won't be getting. But um, yeah, we won't go into that, Russ. But yeah. it's a terrible situation over there. And rightfully, FIFA have uh, finally pulled their finger out and, and banned the sort of Russian team, haven't they? And. Uh, not uh, a minute too too soon. Yeah, but yeah, it's- on a positive, even on a positive on that on on that front, like rivalry aside, to hear that Abramovich is actually making an attempt to try and uh, conduct peace talks, like uh, respect the man, you know, that he's trying to find some sort of solace in this. Like you have to give it up to the guy. I, I, from what I've read and what I've re- heard, and all, we won't go down this road. To- you know, we'll, yeah, we'll, course, end, yeah. we'll end it pretty much soon here. But a vast majority of the Russian population have don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's just a, it's just a, this crazy madman who's uh, doing it all off his own back, really. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I, I just hope it. I hope that uh, it yeah. all stops soon because obviously yeah. it's, it's just a dreadful situation, and obviously your thoughts are with everyone who's affected over there. Um, by this horrible situation, but um, it, it it is lovely that we've got this this situation now with the team, whereby it's really interesting to look at the the, the table again, you know, and hatch. It's not where we want to be ultimately by actually being in a title chase, but to be in this situation where we are now and yeah. challenging for a top four place is a a big step forward from where we have been the last couple of seasons. Well last season specifically and it's wonderful to be able to look at other fixtures and and see you know, worry about them you know <laughs> worry about the, the teams that are around you and their results because it hasn't mattered for so long and it's just wonderful to be back there isn't it and yeah. when we get back into Europe next season the experience for this young team whether it's the Europa League or whether it's the Champions League is going to just be brilliant for them another step in there then get into their experience and to making them and making the team stronger every year and by, by competing in Europe it's going to be wonderful to watch these young players blossom isn't it it's um when when we again as I mentioned to you like I, I think there was a statistic that came up the other day that if we do get into the Champions League there'll just be two players from our current roster. Um, they were there, I think, in 2017, and that would be Bellerin and Xhaka. And it just goes to show where we were and where we are. Um, we, 
this 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 is the discussion we had last uh, week as well. You mm. do need some seniority to guide um, these young players because imagine throwing someone like Saka into the Champions League the first ever time he's going to get into the Champions League. He's not even twenty one. I think Saka now may have turned twenty one if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you compare it with what we had in twenty seventeen, like this is something to be very very proud of and. you can only get better because the levels of the champions league different teams from europe they do test you um when when you do playing up against the bayern munich and you 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 know what you're getting into but that's where when we talk about wilsha everyone speaks about that one game against barcelona and it stayed it's etched in memory forever what mm. wilsha did that day so one off we may hear a saka had a game like that we may hear an emil smith rowe may have a game like that and we forget that even when we have someone like ben white who's 24 uh, or or aaron ramsdale these they're not like it's it's we 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 take it for granted that yeah but that's 24 when we look at that in the premier league we have the youngest team and we're doing this it can only get better and that's credit to Mikel Arteta credit to Edu and credit to the players for for putting us in this position to be very proud of yeah no definitely and i've already said before about uh, oh excuse me turn my sound down i've put my phone on silent but it uh, wasn't silent for media <laughs> um but yeah i've said before about the the age of the team and i totally get what you're saying and we will get some more experienced you know top quality yeah. players in the summer is that absolutely no doubt but i've also got no doubt that these players will take on that challenge i mean you've seen what sack has been through in his career so far Nin- you know 19 last summer for england in the euros and he was depended on by gareth southgate towards the end of that competition at 19 yeah. because he knows that he will deliver and he's that kind of player and you s- we saw previously with the wonderful Ajax team that got all the way to the semi-finals and and their average age was what similar to to, to the Arsenal team now and they surprised everyone with their yeah. team spirit their the way that they worked together as a team and i've got no doubt that our, our young players could do the same you know and and surprise a lot of people um in that competition so it can only be so more exciting to just to start thinking about what's going to happen in the summer you know and how the team because there's no there's no way that they're not thinking of haven't been thinking about that for the last few months maybe another a year ago with their targets of the players that they want to bring in and I just cannot wait to see who they're going to be really and what's going to happen with will jack stay another year and 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 he's going to you know they're going to supplement him with better players around him and make great Granite Jack is sort of exit from Arsenal a bit more of a, an elongated thing by phasing him out of the team by bringing in new signings or will they just get rid of him in the summer and bring new players in straight away uh, into his position will Emil Smith-Rowe if they're going to continue playing this way will he take that left left eight role that Granite Jack is sort of fulfilling at the moment will you know he be sort of eased into that role towards the end of this season is what strikers are they going to bring in because one thing i was going to ask you as well mm-hmm. have you ever ever in your life seen a team that has got rid of their three main strikers in one year 
because we're going to be losing. We've lost Aubameyang, then we're going to lose Lacazette and Eddie, yeah. all within the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, have you ever known a team that had to no. replace three strikers or at least two of them in no. one summer? I mean, it's just never heard of, is it? I mean, and, and considering that Eddie and, and, and Aubameyang, both sorry, not Eddie, a bigger point, Lacazette and Aubameyang. We have to remember these are two players from the Wenger era, so. It's a big part of that whole lineage that it comes to an end. And thus I said that the 2017 team that is going to be put out there, the only two players we're going to have um, from that are Bellerin and Xhaka. And both of them, we have doubts. So we may just be going into the championship. But he didn't start in the 2017 campaign. The last game we had, he did not start. Oh, right. I thought you meant Wenger players. Sorry, yeah. No, no. We still have a couple. I think I think Holding, yeah, yeah. you mentioned, is there. Bellerin yeah. is there. Xhaka is there. Um, as we speak, Lacazette. Um, and then you can obviously throw in the youth here and there. But as signings, these are the only ones there. And yeah. it's, it's a big testament to the team. Like, we've come a long way. When you look at someone like United, they still have players from the Ferguson era, like Phil Jones, they got Ronaldo back, and we can see the hair. The hair is still there, and you can see where they are. There's if progress for them is moving backwards, they're doing a fantastic job. <laughs> yeah, I was just asked a question, Ryan, and welcome by the way. Thanks for joining us. Good to have you on board again. And I just asked that question: Have you ever known a team to lose its three main strikers in the same season, which we will have done by the summer? <laughs> Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Nketiah are our three yeah. main strikers. They're all going to be gone by th- by the summer, within the same season. So it's, I think that's unprecedented. Not even, not even in, outside of outside of Arsenal, I've, I've never seen that happen in my. No, that's years. what I meant. I mean, I, I meant football in general. Yeah. I can't think of another team that would have lost their three main strikers at the same time. And the crucial, effectively, and, the, and, the, and one of them being the captain at the time. Um, just dropping his backside basically for the last year and a half, and then obviously we've, we've let him go, and we're still even with the likes of Eddie and Lacastelli, we're still competitive in terms of what the, our, our aim is for this season. Getting back into Europe, forget the Champions League for a second here. Our main objective for this season was to get, just get back into Europe, full stop. Mm, mm. The fact, we, the, fact, the fact that Champions League is an added, there's a possibility of Champions League is an added bonus to us. And I think another thing that sort of was working for us in, the, in one sense is as we've been discussing, even on we did a stream the other, uh, during the game, is the work rate of the other to, to, of the current two strikers that are due to leave in the summer. Their work mm. rate is far superior to what we've got for the last year and a half in one in one game from that game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've heard the professionalism from the play, from the two players respectively. We've had that conversation. We've I've had a massive slice of humble pie already, personally <laughs> myself, because <laughs> because even though you know at that point it was you know accurate because he wasn't doing much. He was always you know always working hard and putting the effort in, but he wasn't coming up with any kind of end product in that one game alone. It was just fantastic, wasn't it? And you have to also take your hat off to Eddie because I think he had a brilliant um, cameo as well, which was completely unexpected. Um, so, yeah, if they carry on the same way the rest of this season, 
it's going to be a, such a massive bonus to us because we need them. And and Pepe, when he come on, he was pretty much, if it wasn't for Lacazette, he would have been man of the match for me um, with his 19-minute cameo as well, Ryan. It was just mm. absolutely unbre- unbelievable. There's the... The, the, the change he made when he came on, he was just instantly an, an impact, wasn't he? And that goal was mm. just just absolutely sublime. I said to Kunjan before he joined, I don't think there's anyone else in our squad that could have scored that goal that he scored, Pepe. The way that he took it and spanned yeah, on the spot away, yeah. and whipped it into the near post. It was just lethal. It was just beautiful to watch. Yeah, the way he took it, yeah, just like no one in the side. The only person who would have come close a few years back would be Lacazette. Obviously, a few years have passed now, and it is what it is. But yeah, Lacazette, Lacazette, Pepe to take. It's been a lot of pressure as well. The Afcon of tournament aside for a second, it's been a lot of pressure putting him in this season. Why, when he does play, he's not putting enough effort in this, that, and the other. Or he can't. It, the championships only really he's level in England because of X, Y, and Z. He plays the cup games. Because he went, I think the Afcon, I think Afcon came at perfect time because he went off, and he had no. No uh, pressure. Is this literally a uh, do do what you need to do for your country? And we, I saw it in the highlight form, but it was a completely different Pepe to what we've been seeing for the last for the, for this season, really, consistent wise. And I think he's code is well. He showed on Thursday night. There's a potential that he's carrying that over back to Arsenal. Well, it's again, it can only benefit for, can only benefit us as long as the rest of the team do their job as well at the same time. That's yeah. Right. Well, I mean, uh, Arteta himself said that when he came back from the AFCON, he seems like a different animal. Uh, Worse to that effect, you know, he, he, he seems to be really in top form. And uh, I think what killed him was the signing of Willian, personally, in his position. Mm. Because he, if you remember, he just uh, he really performed well after his first season. I think his his numbers were right up there he had, mm. with regards to goal scoring and uh, and assists. And then he finished the season off really well. He was man of the match in the cup final. And then we go out in the summer and get some decrepit old guy from Chelsea. And he took mm. his place straight away. And I think that pretty much killed him. And uh, yeah, I think, I mean, what, I think what really killed him was the fact that after apart from the opening game of the season. Willian just was, well, we all saw, he was just a complete disaster of a signing, let's be honest. Yeah. But no, for that first half of the season last year, no matter what Willian done on the pitch or off the pitch, he was constantly getting picked. And Pepe's mm. just like, um, hello. And it, the one time, the one time <laughs> he does get picked, he goes get sent off and get berated nationally to the world. And that must have, yeah. that must have literally just completely... And again, we didn't, we didn't have to wait until the end of the season to see the Pepe we saw from the previous season. Yeah. And then it's gone down. Yeah. See, I, this is what I mean. And I think he's getting so much bad press from, from a lot of Arsenal fans. And and I think it's really sort of undeserved. I, I think if you actually look at what he's done when he's been on the pitch, the minutes he's been on the pitch versus the amount of goals and assists he's created, I think he's up there with, with the best, really. Mm. Um, but he just never gets that run in the team. I mean, Kunjan, do, can you see a future for him past this summer? Yeah, because, um, yeah, because again... Um, Pepe is a very versatile player, like, and we see that even with with, with Wolves. Um, I agree with the Willian thing, but we also must remember there was an emergence of a little boy called Bukayo Saka, 
mm. that takes that spot because um, Arteta did try playing both of them. In fact, Saka was pushed to the left where he was doing all right. He was he's playing well, but he's not doing his best. Pepe was occupying the right, but inconsistent. There's some games he's like, he's Maradona on, on, on steroids. And then the other day, he's Madonna on steroids. <laughs> You're like, what's happening? And, and, <laughs> and uh, you were just like, okay, th- this is this is a very inconsistent player. And I think maybe once uh, Arteta tried uh, Saka on the right and dropped Pepe, and the rest, as they say, is history. Pepe does have it in him to be, I, I don't want to say world-class, but to be class. Like, you're like, there's a player in there. We've all seen it. We, we can all believe it. Um, and, and this is something I've always said. There's some this, there's a lot of discussion that goes on behind the scenes at the training ground that you and I are unaware of. And even if you watch Pepe's body language, there's a certain sluggishness to him. When 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 you know when when you see other players, when you see an Odegaard, there's a there's there's a, there's a there's a spark. You know when you see a Gabriel, there's a spark. When you see a Martinelli, there's a certain spark. Pepe has a certain sluggish thing about him. It's I don't know. Maybe it's the body language, the demeanor, but he doesn't have this thing of "I got you, boss." It's like, mm-hmm, okay, like he's he's a chaotic genius. Only he knows what's happening in his mind, and which Pepe shows up is beyond you and I. Nobody knows what what Pepe is going to show up, but I do believe yes, there is a future, especially if we're losing. Not if we are losing two strikers. We've already lost a Bamiyang. I do feel that he's a good player to have to fill certain roles. He won't be in your starting eleven, but he will be a very effective player from the bench. Ever since he joined the club, pretty soon afterwards, I was convinced that he was the best finisher at Arsenal. And I was till to, to this day now, even when we had the Bamiyang Lacazette still in the team, I still think now he is the best finisher at the club. And I've always been consistent with the fact that I, I, I love watching him play. But I'm, I really want him to stay onwards from the summer. Uh, if, it's the, if it's the case that he does, we need to look at his contract because he's only got two years left at the end of this season. But when we're going into Europe and we've got four competitions to go for, we desperately need good players in every position and, and a good backup in every position. And um, we need, I think we will need Pepe and he'll play a lot more minutes moving forward. So I, I really personally hope that he stays on and we don't sell him for like, just get what we can for him. Um, you know, if we get a 25, 30, 35 million pound offer for him, we'll just take it and run. I, I don't want to see that happen personally. I don't know what your thoughts are, Ryan, but mm. I think he's too good to, to just get rid of in a car boot sale. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he is, and obviously, we've, again, we've invested a lot of money in him as well. Let's not forget that. Yeah, not just wages and all, but actual price packet, and, and that's not including what Don Roll done to us in the first place to get this deal over the line. So there's a lot of money at stake. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to want to, as a club, you'd think, and as a businessman at Stanley's, apparently, you'd think they'd want to recoup some money if they're going to sell him on. Mm. So yeah, it makes sense if that because we're hearing from. The media, lots of Fabrizio and all that. Um, the couple getting ready to have talks with uh, Saka in the summer to extend his, extend his contract. 
I think it's a lot of players that are going to have to have that yeah. in the summer. A lot. Uh, Smith, uh, anyway, even though Smith did one last year, get him done again because he's now hitting, he's scoring gold compared to last year. So get him done on an extended contract from last time. Saka, Martinelli, um, your Ben Whites and all, your Amstels, get all, all the ones that uh, literally, no matter what happens this season, have got us into Europe. <coughs> get them on, give new contracts because. What some will work out, some won't, and the ones that don't, we need, as I say, need to recoup our money. And I think Pepe, again, this is another thing with Pepe as well. He's not this season particularly complained about not starting week 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 in week out. It's sort of the sudden, not just him, but the sudden happiness of being part of the squad and being a part of what's going on at this team this season. We're not seeing the oh, I need to be, I want to be playing, I need to be playing X amount of games, or I'm out of here. They're all just knuckling down and getting on with it, and he's one of them. We've got to, and again, for a guy of his talent, and he, he has got to, let's not get it twisted. That's, that's kudos to him for to, to do that because he could quite easily just throw his toys at his man. We've seen it with lots of the, the yeah. when he's been dropped or when, when Emmy was here, he was in out, in out squad, he, he wasn't happy. So, then, and I think this is the one thing that Arsenal are now getting praise for is, is that. The, the, the squad unity, the sort of what Southgate's done with England, like no one's bigger than anyone else. It's all for one. <laughs> and now, yeah, no one, no one's I think, on steroids again. I think there was that period in the late 90s where she looked like she might be on steroids at that point. <laughs> um, you know, the pointy cone, uh, brass sort of uh, period of her life. I think she might have been then, but no, no one wants to see that, Russ. But no, I... I <laughs> I think I think a lot of uh, the players are going to have to have uh, their contracts looked at mm. because of the the qualification. If we get in the Champions League, I'm sure that a lot of them will have in their contracts written into their contracts they will get a rise. Mm. And remember when they took the re- the deduction in the wage in the wages oh, during the, the lockdown, first, first lockdown, yeah, and the base yeah. there was a thing in place, wasn't there? I think you're going to say anyway. Go on. Yeah, yeah, I think that they will. They will get that money back, won't they? If, yeah. By qualifying, I don't know whether that was if we get back into the Champions League this season, or whether we get back into the Champions League within X number of seasons, or if we get back into the Champions League in the duration of your contract, you'll get that money back. Hmm. But I'm sure that nowadays they would have got um, a, a, an automatic increase anyway hmm. uh, in their salary if we do qualify, but. Um, yeah, I think the vast majority of these young players, even the ones we signed last summer, will need to have their contracts looked at again yeah. if we get into the Champions League anyway, because what they would have achieved cannot be understated, really, if you think about it. And again, it's not we're not we're not saying as well that they all have to sign a new contract straight away. It's start. No, 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 of course get, not. Getting the negotiations underway with, with the players and all that, so yeah. they know they a, they know they want it still. Yeah. And we've got time. We're not rushing doing the last minute dot com. I've mm. run down their contracts like we have seen with Eddie. No, you just need to speak to their like their agents and say, look, we will be looking to discuss mm. a, a renewed, longer, better contract with the player. And get, yeah, like you said, get the wheels mm. in motion straight away. There will be a mm. few that we will need to action pretty quickly. Yeah. And they obviously sack the top of the list because mm. I think he's down to two years in the summer as well, isn't he? Yeah, in the summer onwards, yeah. Yeah, so there's going to be a few that we need to sort of um, highlight Im- immediately, but the rest of them, yeah, just set the, the wheels in motion and let them know that we are going to 
be, be doing that for them because it's um yeah it's going to be an unbelievable achievement really if they get this top four and i heard that james nicholas i don't know if you listen to the ask blog or watch you know his youtube channel on the, the on the whistle things mm. and he said himself as well that he's really annoyed by the media and this sort of thing where they say no one wants to get this champ this top top four position and they're not, sorry go on they're not taking into account our form you know lately mm. we bloody he said like we desperately want this top four position mm. if you look at our just look at our results you know over the last sort of dozen games or whatever mm. If you if you start the season, you know after the first three losses because of what happened with COVID and everything with our team at the time, our form has been bloody brilliant, and uh, the way that we've clawed back that deficit of nine mm. minus nine points basically, we basically mm. it feels like we started the the season like we've gone into bankrupt, you know, gone bankrupt, and yeah. we had nine points deducted, so we had to claim back those nine points. That's what it feels like. But um, since then, you know, we've been. Bloody brilliant! We deserve that well, that spot. Well, let's go realistic. Let's go back to the Everton from the Everton game onwards. Yeah, we've only lost one league wise. We've only lost one league game since Everton. Mm. Man City on New Year's Day. Yeah, yeah. we drew to Burnley nil nil. Look, they are, look they got, again. Burnley had time to fight for, and they've since gone on to draw against um, United and beat this lot that are playing tonight <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So it's just it proves that Burnley. It, that happened basically, and obviously it wasn't. It's more, it's more so down to the, the lack of fin- or for Lacazette finishes the one chance. Obviously, a different story or whoever. But the, we've, we've won the majority of our game league-wise since Everton away back in December, and that's the start of December, I believe, if I'm from from right side. Mm. And we're now literally just we just hit March today, so form-wise yeah. suggests that we do want this. It's the others. It's because the others, the ones that the media's, the media's, sorry, the media actually want to be in the Champions League, the Tottenham's or your United's and all of that, or even West Ham, because they've dropped, they've dropped Arsenal the last few weeks. Oh, no one wants it. No one wants it. Um, hello. Look at exactly. Do, do the actual research and look at I the form table. It, it, put it up third in, the, in, in terms of the form. League, Paul Lynch third in the league. <laughs> Did you hear Pierre Paul Lintz, you know, after the game? Well, against don't the that twat. <laughs> with, with Ian Wright, you know, Ian yeah. Wright you must have seen his tweet with his smiley we did, face. We didn't, deserve, we didn't deserve it. We were robbed. Paul Lintz, like, saying, yeah. yeah, no, no chance. All the old United boys saying they've got yeah. no chance of getting top mm. four and we didn't deserve to win that game and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, shut up. Well, we did, you know, did. Absolutely we did, Yeah. <laughs> It's just absolutely ridiculous. But, um, yeah, I was saying to Kunjan as well, I'll come back to you as well. I'll come back to you the second round, but I was saying to yeah, Kunjan no. about the, the business in the summer. It's going to be so fascinating about the type of players we're going to be, be getting because we're going to have to bulk up the squad um, going into four competitions. We get back into Europe. We need a bigger squad. So uh, the direction of the transfers that are going to be made. I'm just going to find absolutely fascinating coming up into the summer. I mean, I think we've, you know, we also, we gave some credit to Cedric Kunjan as well in um, Tommy Asu's absence. And I don't think we knew at this point last week when we did the show that um, Tommy Asu's 
injury is not actually the same one. It's he's pulled the other calf. Yeah. Which sounds weird, but I think I'm actually a bit more reassured by that because if it was the same one that had broken down again, yeah. then I, I think I'll be a little bit more worried about that. But you, you've got to give it to um, to Cedric about the way he's come in the last three games and performed. But what I want to ask you is, I because personally, I'm I'm thinking that it could be the fact that he's come back into a, a much better settled team yeah. than he was in before. Do you sort of feel that about him? Because I, I think that because we've now got a much stronger defence and we're settled and we're, we're producing pretty much the same team every week, we can all name it if, if everyone's fit, and he's come back into that, he's looked like the player that he probably is, or he has been all along. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and again, if we track back just a couple of months back, um, let's say sometime in December, we all, including I, were like, why is Arteta not playing Chambers? Why is Arteta sending um, Ainsley out on loan when he could have easily deputized him as a right back? Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe there was a game plan. I do believe he wanted to make Cedric um, the backup option for Tamiyasu. And I, I, I was I was the biggest critic. I still am. I still think Chambers would have done the job. But and, and Cedric did get a, a run in a couple of games and he was horrendous. Um but something something has flipped, something has gone right. And you're right. Again, this is what I said earlier on. There is now a sense of security that if Cedric's playing, we're not worried. Um do you remember there was a time again? I mentioned to you Andre Santos when when we had an Andre Santos and we were like he has to deputize at left back over a Gibbs. We were worried. We were wor- like these are the standards that were and these are the standards that are and and this is something we should be very very content about, very proud of. Um, yeah. Something you mentioned earlier about summer. I I do I do believe this summer is going to be very important for the incomings. But this is something I discussed with Ryan a couple of months back um, off the show. Let's go through the roster. You'd be surprised how many players are on their way out. Um, Mm. Think about Leno, Bellerin. Um, We have Saliba coming in. But again, is he going to be starting? Is he going to be given a place? Or again, with two years left from his contract, we're going to ship him out. Um, Let's talk about Lacazette leaving on a free. Um, Torreira, we still have Torreira on the books. He's at Fiorentina, he's doing well, but again, we don't know. Runason, uh, I read recently that he's actually playing quite well out there. Does that mean that we could command a few more than a million pounds? Will someone buy him? Um, Ainsley, I, 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 I read that um, Roma don't want him. Uh, Mourinho is not happy with him. So again, we have to find a buyer for, for him. Uh, Cedric, he's 30 right now. Do we want to keep him around? And that too, if Saliba's in, Saliba could fight for that right back and center back spot. Um, Pepe, what's his future? Um, and we can go on and on, including Xhaka, including um, Guendouzi. Guendouzi is still on our books, Mavrapanos is still on our books. So if we think about the number of players that are going out, Elneny's leaving at the end on a free. That's a lot of players going. That's a lot of yeah. things we will get rid of eventually. Mm. Um, so we are talking about increasing the depth of our current squad, and we're not even realizing that it's a good, there's going to be a massive exodus <clears throat> at the end of the season. 
Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. It's, it's a big. We've got to. We're going to be signing a lot of players, I think, in the summer, or we're going to be promoting a hell of a lot of uh, under twenty three players um, into the squad to bulk up. I'm sure we'll do that as well. But here's a question for. I'll come to you with it first, Ryan from Russ. Mm-hmm. Would you keep or sell Xhaka in the summer? If we if we've targeted someone, we can get someone in who has who's an upgrade on Xhaka in terms of not just quality but his discipline side, the disciplinary side of things. Then yeah, I would sell Xhaka mm. because it's that's the main. It's all it's all well and good having the, again. He's had a good game against Wolves and things like that, but his discipline is not reliable with his discipline. We've seen it this season. Seen it, Leeds got leads away that a few weeks, um, few weeks, a few months, couple months ago now. With with cruising three 0 and he's making silly fouls. We saw last week, last week against Wolves where he's grabbing the shirt and throwing the player to the floor. Needless mm. fouls, he's doing things. They're the reasons of we, in my opinion, we need to let him go because we need experienced players in that midfield that we can rely on for discipline side of things. It's all well and good having the talent that he has on the ball when, he's, when he is behaving himself. But nine times out of ten, he's he's banking city fouls and getting sent off, etc. It's all the, the discipline that counteracts the talent. That makes sense because yeah, he's not on the pitch. He's letting the team down constantly. And, keep it, and I know Russ has mentioned the, the amount of red cards Vieira got over nine years. Most majority of them red cards were at the start of his career at Arsenal. Then he got a, in the early two thousands, he got a rocket subbed off his backside basically by the, by Adams and all, and said, "This needs to stop. You're letting us down too much. We can't cope." And he went away instead of doing what credit does and goes, it's just my game. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna evolve. I'm not gonna change." He went off and changed himself. He changed his mentality. He changed his game to an extent where he, could, he still, he still, we saw, we saw the talent because as a basis, he wasn't giving away need the sass. He was never. Very rarely did he get set off near the end of his time at Arsenal. The last, what he's here for nine years. Yeah, five and a half years. I can't remember him getting sent off more than mm. once. In the, five yeah. and a half, the last five and a half years of his time at Arsenal. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I agree. We're going to along the lines of, well, it's my game. I can't I can't change. We, and that's not the right attitude to have. Because we, we need it. We need players of his quality on the pitch, not off. Yeah. Now, do you know, if he had the mentality and the attitude of El Nini, he would be twice the player that he is. Now, El Nini is obviously clearly not the most talented player in the world, but I can't think of a better standard of professionalism. You know, you know, you probably he's right up there with regards to that. His attitude and professionalism, the way he trains. You know, he if he had a bit more um, sort of quality on the ball, a bit more technical ability, he would be a world beater. And you know what? We've got so much business to do, as you said, Kunjan, in the summer, when you've got to bulk up the squad anyway. But when you consider all the players that are or Livy leaving as well, including El Nini, you know, <laughs> it makes you think that would it be worthwhile? I mean, I, I know it sounds strange and stupid, but we've got so much business to do in the summer. There's so many players that we need to get. It's a shame almost that El Nini's not got another year or two on his contract to give us another bit more time because he never complains when he doesn't play. When he does, he's he's limited, but he never... Uh, he, 
you can never say he doesn't try his absolute utmost on the pitch. And he's not ba- he's not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. He's just he's a really steady six and a half, seven out of ten every single game. And that's it, really. You know, you know, you get the occasional thirty-yard one thunderbolt from him as well. Um, Better shooting than Barty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's all—he's almost an ideal backup sort of midfielder because of the way that he, his attitude and, like I said, professionalism. He never complains, and when he does come on, he gives his all. So it's—it's it's almost a shame, really. But I—I can't—I couldn't agree more, really, with with what uh, Ryan said about. Xhaka, we desperately need an upgrade on him. And he's had, what, six years now, I think, he's been with the club. Um, it's pretty much time to, to you know, to, to part ways, I'm sure. But again, I think I think it'll be completely dependent on what kind of offers we can get from him this summer. Because I, th- I honestly do think the Roma offer last summer was derisory. I, I you know, I don't blame the club really for, for turning that down I think it was an embarrassment especially after the Euros that he had as well so I mean what's your thoughts on it so, you've got to uh, you've got to take into account everything else yeah. you've got to do in the squad as well haven't you really yeah um if if we get rid of Xhaka we have one senior midfielder just one we don't have any other senior midfielder <laughs> It's that's that's it's actually I don't know why I'm laughing. It's almost like it's pretty shocking, isn't it? Really, uh, we're getting rid of all of our all of our strikers, right? All of them, apart, right. and then we'll have a backup striker in Balogun. That's yeah, it. That's it. And we'll that's we'll have one midfield. <laughs> it's almost it's embarrassing to say one midfielder left. In like Thomas just Parker. think about it. That when, when when someone asks you who's who's the eldest player we have in Arsenal at this rate, it could be Cedric. <laughs> Cedric could be the eldest player we have in Arsenal, and yeah, he's thirty. And he's thirty. Yeah. We were, we were, we were moaning about Willian. <laughs> we wouldn't mind a Willian at this point just for the experience. Oh just God, no. Experience no, 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 no chance. I don't give a shit about his experience. I don't want to hear that bloke ever again. No, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm just joking, but yeah. But, but my point is that I, I think I think Jacques is too polarized of an opinion to have. Um, because he's done something well this season, but he's done a lot of it's, stupidity as well. Sorry to cut in, but it's almost yeah. like as well is it's the final bits and pieces that we're sweeping out to clean out from the previous Arsenal. Yeah, and we're moving forward. We need that line in the sand almost to say like that's it now. That everything that that was has gone, and Jack is part of that, isn't he? Because of the, the he almost he's almost a symbol. Of the old yeah. arsenal of us doing things wrong, it's not his fault in loads of cases. And most of the time, he's, he's done stupid things on the pitch. But he has become the figurehead of what was the wrong at Arsenal at the time, hasn't he? Sure. Because of his attitude and everything like that, and telling the fans to fuck off and blah 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 mm. blah. He mm. has become sort of yeah that that man that everyone likes to go. See, it's almost the case that we need to get rid of him to move on. Yeah. And really, really show that we are a new team. The whole squad would have been completely changed by that point. So it's basically all, not just because of, um, you know, we we want an upgrade on him. It's, just, it's almost symbolic. Do you know what I mean? I get it. Um, but again, it just takes me back to what we've been discussing for weeks, that we see what's happening on the pitch. We don't know what's happening 
behind closed doors. And all the reports are coming out that he's that guy who puts his arm around every player and, and, and is there to spur them on. Like, I'm not saying have Xhaka play on the pitch. I'm saying have him if he's making an impact behind closed doors. Mm. I, I don't want Xhaka in the starting 11. And I've seen that. Like, you're right. Get an upgrade. If they, <laughs> we Arsenal fans were divided when we spoke about Nevis coming in. Guys were like, we don't want Nevis. You keep your room in Nevis. We would not even pay 10 million. Right now, the same fans are like... <laughs> That's Neves. Get us Ruben Neves. Get us Ruben. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, so we have to remember one thing that this is the the, the polarized fan base. But mm. if today you got a Ruben Neves to replace Xhaka, we'd all be up in arms. Like, that's fantastic. Do we know what Ruben Neves is going to bring behind closed doors? Do we know Ruben Neves is going to be that focal point as a leader behind closed doors who will say, Come on, guys, don't worry about it. You know, we, we may have lost today, but tomorrow is going to be a better day. We we don't know this. The, yeah, this the, I think this uh, this episode of the show is giving me a bit of anxiety, to be honest with you, because the more and more I think about it, the, it's really worrying about how much we've got to do in the summer, right? Because it's like what, Ryan, like Kunjan just said. Well, let's, before we even come to the, like, the striker situation, because like we've gone said already a hundred times in this episode, we're getting rid of all of our three main strikers this mm. season. So we're going to have no strikers left apart from Balogun. And if you want to include Martinelli, fair enough. Yes. But in the midfield, the way things are going, and this is if we, even if we keep Xhaka, right, we're going to be left with in the summer a total of Xhaka, Partey and Sambi. And that's it. Three midfielders up, yeah, in the up. entire squad. And then you, you've got the under twenty threes. You've got Patino. You've got Aziz, etc. Blah blah blah. Mm. You can you can you can to a certain extent, especially if we end up in the Europa League, for example, you can pad the squad out with Aziz and Patino in the group stages and so on. Mm. But as, as it stands, you can't really include them because they've got hardly any first team experience at all. Mm. So we're literally down to three. And I'd, I'd say if you're going into four competitions, the minimum you'd need in midfield is probably five or six, five. Mm. I'd say I wouldn't want any less than five to choose from because you need the opportunity to play three in midfield or uh, two, or even a midfield four in some cases, like if you're doing a, a four, one, four, one type of, you know, you know what I mean? But anyway, I'd say five or six probably you'd need in the squad. Maybe the sixth one you can use a Patino or an Aziz. But we're down to three already, before, and that's even before we're looking at selling um, Granite Xhaka. So when you consider the work we've got to do up front as well, hmm. I'm, I'm starting to get real anxiety about the summer, you know, and getting all this deal business done before the season kicks off even, because you know Arsenal and the way we work, hmm. that's very unlikely. And we could go into the season with an incredibly threadbare squad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm not it's quite worrying, isn't it? Really, you just remind me, you just remind me of Arsenal's transfer business for the last few years. Yeah, I've been saying for the last two seasons, going to the last two seasons, we need to be ready. Full no, like first, a first team squad needs to be ready before this for the first kick of the ball for the season. None of this overlaps until deadline day crap. 
Let's get the odd one or two, but uh, you know, I've just listened to the Arsecast podcast for the last twenty years, you know, and you can listen back to like the trolley dash of what's it, twenty twelve, eleven twelve season, yeah, yeah, twenty twelve after the eight two defeat, yeah. Uh, I mean, thinking back to either from there, we've hardly ever got our our business done until the end of August, like Mm. the end of the transfer window, literally right at the end, and. It's never, it's never done, you know. And I, I keep saying this every single year. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that everyone's surprised that it's always left late, because. And if we don't know this year, we're going to be really struggling, especially especially if we have to play early cup games as well. That's the point. Oh God. Um, <laughs> well, as I say, look, the club, Edu and Arteta must have an idea, but I think. In terms of actual making a move on that, is it is a bit dependent on when we secure not just European football, but where we finish in the league. It'd be mm. either the top four or the, or the other side of it. Yeah. The second we secure either side, that's when the that's when they'll get they they'll hopefully get the head out of us. There's no holidays for Edu in the, in the window. He had enough last year. Get, <laughs> he had that three or four last time when we're in the midst of a window. So he gets his, he stays he stays and we he's the head of the fucking department of Corona now. He needs to stay indoors with this team <laughs> and work their fucking asses off because as you say, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got we've got a place of Bamiyang, who's an experienced striker. We've got a place of Lacazette. We've got a place of Eddie. Balogun's coming back, but he's not going to be ready to be leading the line. So he needs to be, he'll be a squad he'll still be a squad striker like the early stages of the Champions League group stages or whatever. And the cup games, mainly the cup. Theoretically, mainly, mainly yeah. League cup, mainly League cup. Theoretically, he could replace Eddie. So that, technically, that's one thing sorted. Ideally, got, I say you still got you still got to go and get two. Yeah, exactly. Goal scoring strikers. Exactly. Yeah, and I saw on Twitter today. I thought, was it Twitter or I can't remember, but that Probably. Man United have already um, pretty much secured the signing of Sam Johnston from West Brom. In goal for for the summer. Don't need him, but okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm just <laughs> saying things can think. What well, the reason I said that was things can actually be de- happening behind the scenes now. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, so I mean, we need to be doing that. <laughs> we signed the year we signed Podolsky. We signed that. That was announced like yeah, late March or the April that year yeah. before the summer yeah, even, just, even opened. That's right. He had to stay there because they were in a they were in um, a relegation battle at the time, weren't they? Yeah, Col- was it Col- Cologne? Wasn't it? Was that? Cologne. Yeah, Cologne. Yeah. Cologne. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, we, again, we even we can, oh, one sec. No, wasted it. Um, <laughs> no, so we prove that we've shown in that moment that we can get our business done if we want to early. We it's just a matter of the urgency from the team. I think, as you say, there's so much needed. We've not just a free the players going leaving on the end of the leaving on the free. There's a there's a place you want to get rid of anyway. It's upgrades. This no matter what happens this season, the teams the squad still needs upgrading in, in certain departments. As we've been discussing throughout the night, midfield mainly the midfield and obviously the, the striker roles because obviously we're going to be having yeah. no strikers as it stands. So we, we do need to sort of address go. They're, they're the main areas to address. We've been, that's the one thing we said last year. We needed a backup left back. We needed more midfield, and this was before the granite thing came back and bits on the arse. <laughs> um, 
and X, Y, and Z. And they did, to be fair, the club did address the areas that we did the single out last year. They addressed the left back, they addressed, they got Sambi the Conga in, they didn't, they couldn't get a new, another another midfielder in because Granite in the end stayed put against our will. Um, and who else have we been in? We brought in, I'm trying to think now. Tommy Hansu. Ramsdale again. Ben White. Ben, ben, yeah. ben White for 50 mil again. A lot of questions. They've all, all worked out. These are. Odegaard, Tavares, yeah. Odegaard yeah, as well. We need, oh, that's another thing. We needed a create, We needed. To, if we weren't going to get Odegaard in, we needed to get, go out and get a creative midfielder. That's something they, address, they set, out, set out to address from day one last summer. So I think this uh, recruitment setup with our Teta, Edu, and obviously the team in beyond, all beyond the scenes, they all know the areas that need addressing, thankfully, because they did, they can't say they don't because they did it last year. So, and we, how many were brought in right again. at the end? Yeah, how many they, were brought in right at the end in the summer? I mean, um, Tommy Asu, as yeah, I think it was on Ben Foster's podcast um, a few weeks ago. I watched, I was watching it, and he was saying, Arsenal came to me literally as I was being called as the announcement for the Euro Provisional Squad was made. Mm. So that's how how far in advance that was put in motion. It just got dragged on because the owner at the Sheffield United has just been an absolute pain in the ass, basically. And wanted to drag it out and drag it out. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, Ben Mark, again, we all knew, we all knew the Benjamin Mike one was at the same time as well. That's just got dragged out again until well beyond. So, yeah. Tommy Asu was deadline day, wasn't he? <laughs> That's where the discussion of Madison even came in, that if you win for Madison, because I think he was the number one target, uh, Odegaard. Yeah, that was, was, yeah. We're prepared to wait for him, and it worked out. <laughs> that was proven right. I mean, M everyone wanted Emi Buendia, remember, as well. Yeah. And um, when that fell through, again, uproar. What are we doing with our club? Our club is stupid. Get rid of Edu. Get rid of Arteta. Get rid of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and look what he's done on the he's, he's, exactly, he's not exactly yeah. set the world alight, is he, Emmy Buendia? Go get Emmy Buendia. Yeah, the meltdown our fan base had when he went to, when, he, when he chose Villa. He's not he's not exactly ripped up trees, has he, since he's been there. And no. now he's in a similar situation to what Pepe was when we hmm. brought in Willian. Because they brought in Coutinho in his yeah, role. Yeah, that's how Paul so, has been, ladies and gentlemen. So they've <laughs> they've gone out and lent, yeah, Coutinho, and now Brendy is a bit part player if, at best. So and with Odegaard, I'm I'm being massively impressed with him. I mean, it took it took oh, a bit of time fantastic. for him to settle in properly, but now he's properly settled. We're seeing what he can bring to bring to this team. We just need that. One last pit in the jigsaw in terms of a striker that finishes he finishes the chances given to him. Then we're, he's we're a future legend. Yeah, I'm still, telling you still, now. I've, yeah, yeah. We've, I've seen a certain idiot that lives in Spain still slagging him off, but like he doesn't do anything. Like he's that. It's like, are you mad? Are you watching something completely different to what everyone else in the fan base is watching? <sighs> oh yeah, the less the said about this guy is constantly in the man of the match in the man of the match pickings from Arsenal right. and all that. I know, I know. It doesn't. He only says things to get clicks and. But, but to be fair, it. maybe he's but, been watching Pestigard, and he's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this is just like a hypothetical thing because it 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 wouldn't happen, right? But I'll put it to you first, Conjan. If if you could get 
Lacazette on a one-year extension, which is really impossible. You know, I think it's nearly impossible. But if you could and say a one-plus-one deal type thing, maybe, just to give you that extra year, because it's going to be such a massive job to get all this these players in that we need. If it means getting number one striker target this summer, and then we could get the second striker next summer, for example, and you could give Lacazette a contract for another season um, in the meantime to give us that bit of extra time to make that transition. Would you do that? Yes, if we get our number one striking target. Because yeah, obviously. the transition would be so good and having Lacazette off the bench would be a really good option. And also, I guess getting Balogun in the mix would help. Yeah. Um, in an ideal world, I think that's the perfect transfer window where we get our number one striker, we sign up Lacazette for a one-year extension, pave the way for Balogun to become the... The, the second in charge, and then once Lacazette leaves, bring in a replacement. Yeah, no, I, I, that, I think that's the perfect scenario. That is the perfect scenario. I do, uh, but I'm you know I'm putting myself in the position of Lacazette, and I would want at my age to I'd want a three four year contract, which I think you probably get in France somewhere like that, or or Spain or whatever, mm. and you know play. The rest of your days in the nice sunshine with your aching limbs, you know, play where it's nice and warm and hot. Mm. Who wouldn't want that, you know, at that, that stage in your career? But I, and I would actually 100% not, for learning from the mistakes, I would not give him like another three year contract, for example, under any mm. circumstances. No matter how well he's played this year, I would never do that because we've been burnt so many times in mm. the past. And everyone's going, oh, yeah, but look how he's playing now. Look how he's playing now. We'd give him that contract, and next season he'd be dead. You know, he would not do anything. We know that for a fact. But if you could give him another... If he would accept another year, with maybe like another year tag tagged on at the end, just for a bit of security for us and for him, but it could be broken within 12 months with no cost, yeah. I, would, I would 100% do that, you know. If we could get... Because it just breaks down how much we've got to do this summer. But like you said, Kunjan, and it's absolutely 100% if we could get that other striker in. right? But is it something you would do, Ryan? Because I, th I think that really makes sense, personally, mm. because uh, you can't say he wouldn't deserve an extra year. And it's no, ri no risk to the club, really, but it would just buy us that bit mm. of extra time to, to, to get the players we definitely want. Well, yeah, it would... If he's willing to accept that, I think again, well, I don't think he would. Lacazette, but it's just a question, goes, really. What goes against Lacazette, though? He wants his three year deal yet. His age, his age goes against it. It does mm. go against him, sadly. He's what, he's 30, 31 now? Maybe 30, I think. I think he's yeah, still 30, yeah. 30. I think he's 30. So, yeah, I mean, there's a reason back in the day when Wenger didn't, once you hit that age or 30, you'd get a one year contract because he knew. Once it, it like your trajectory of a your career just goes, and financially it doesn't make sense for us. And we need, as you said, we've done this before. And look what look what it's got us since the since obviously the the three thousands. We've gone down that route. We've gone okay. We're bending knee. We we need you to stay. So we we'll give it a cut. And look what it's got us. We did it. Yeah. We gave what um, the most recently. That's the most recent one in the club's mm. mindset. He was on the same age, 29, pushing 30. 
he got given a three and a half year contract, and the second he signed it, he just be, it was, it was just off a cliff. Oracle. You've got to we've got to never forget the mantra that you are giving a contract based on what the player is going to be able to do for you. You don't give them the contract based on what they've already done for you to that point. Mm. And we've always done that. We've always been the nice club. Oh, you've been a great servant to us. Let's give you another contract. You know, and uh, we've, we'd never do it on the basis of what you think they, you know, they're going to be able to do for you during the new contract. Mm. That's the most important thing. So I, I would never do that with Lacazette. I still think that, you know, with he's some cl- uh, a club would do it. A club would give him a three or four year contract, no question. In other countries, they're a little bit more relaxed about that in other countries. But also, when you bear in mind that you've got players like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not on the same goal-scoring level, but you've got players like Lewandowski at his age, 34, whatever, banging in goals, Jamie Vardy banging in goals at at, a really advanced age. And, you know, there's plenty of other examples. Benzema is in his early 30s, still banging in goals. So he's definitely going to get a contract somewhere at the age of 30. So if you if you're him, then you, you, there's no way you would do that. But if he if he really does, you know, maybe he's one of these players that would love to stay for another year because he loves the club and he wants to see through, you know, see a bit more of the project project through with these, these young players. And you never know. But if he, it's something I would try and do, put it that way, if and ask, you know, definitely ask the question. Because it would just buy that bit of extra time, and I think he'd be still a good, really good squad player to have. He'd be a great option off the bench. Mm. Obviously, all the, the younger players love him. He'd be a good mentor for them, good mentor for Balogun to have around as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's totally based on whether he would accept it, and I, I genuinely don't think he would. But I wanted to ask that question anyway because it is an interesting one at this point. Because I think he's, he's especially after that last performance, he's not. He's he's still got a lot of questions to answer. Don't get me wrong about you know goal scoring and but we know he's got it in him, don't we? I mean, he looked a lot more sharp in that last game. He having the eight shots was a start because he he was only having one or two shots a game prior to that, wasn't he? So mm. let's hope that he's it sparked something back into him because even though that he went down as an own goal, I still think it will inspire him in the same way that if he if it was his own goal if you know what I mean yeah. uh, I, I hopefully it'll be a start of a little bit of a flurry for him towards the end of the season but um, we'll finish off with um, sort of a leading up really to the next game at the weekend which is obviously on Sunday we've got still got quite a few days yet between uh, now and then but it's not going to be a walk in the park, like I think, you know, a lot. Of, I don't think any games are really nowadays in the Premier League, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game because with Rory Hodgson coming in, they, you know, they, they obviously kept Man United out. I think yes. they're quite fortunate. I mean, did you guys see that game, Watford, Man United? I saw the highlights on the match of the day. I didn't actually watch the entire match, thankfully. Yeah, because I watched the actual game and it was... Um, they were. Let's put it this way: what they kept them out. Watford kept them out, they, and they are a better. They seem to be getting things a little bit better after Roy Hodgson's come in defensively, mm. but they still gave up a lot of t- chances. And yeah, I've that one. Man, I mean, <laughs> honestly, Man United should have won the game four or five. I, I quite 
easily if they had their shooting boots on. I mean, some of the misses Ronaldo made. I mean, you'd mm. never believe. You'd never believe that it was Ronaldo <laughs> missed those chance. chances. Yeah, there was that chance in the second half. Or was it Alan got a chance? Literally, there was a good feel that play. He got through the defence and he just boom, wide. I was like, <laughs> yeah. So really, I mean, and the fans booed. I mean, the fans were booing at full time. And yeah, obviously he dropped points at Watford and all that. But it's, it was more so down to the lack of finishing more than the Watford it actually was. did their job. It was, yeah. I so mean, all it tells me is if yeah. we turn up on on Sunday at Vicarage Road and take at least one chance, put one chance in the net, we've won the game. Because no, mm. again, this is a, a thing of Watford. I'll get come, come back bump me in the arse now. I said this, but even though he has improved in defensively, there's still no attacking threat. Well, apart from yeah. uh, Dennis, that, even yeah, he's not getting supply. They've got. I mean, the front three. Could be all right with Josh mm. King, Dennis, and um, Saar. but they don't just don't seem to be clicking properly at the moment. I mean, I've never rated um, Josh King as a striker, like, but he's playing out left now. He's a good player, but he never scores enough goals, does he? He never has wherever he's been, as considering he's supposed to be a striker. Saar is obviously a very, very good quality player, and and Dennis is proving to have a, be having a fantastic season so far but they seem to be a group of three individuals more than the group of three that work together brilliantly but and and russ has just said as well rockford won't be a a rollover they they were i honestly don't think they will and i think it's going to be a tough game i don't think it's going to be many goals in it again i think it will be one nil nil either side i do i i I think it's going to be a, a tight game as well and once again, the same with every game. I couldn't give a monkey's if we win one nil by the ball trickling over the line with an own goal or something like that. I don't care as long as we get the three points at the end of the day. So, I mean, how are you seeing it, Kunjan? Are you quite sort of approaching it with a bit of trepidation, or do you think it's going to be a bit of a an easy game? Uh, easy, nothing's easy, unfortunately, in the Premier League. No. But I'm just looking at Watford's fixtures. And their last victory was against Man United. Four That's one, their yeah. last victory at home. <laughs> at home. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not writing the script. It's pure comedy in front of me. Um, so, <laughs> so, I mean, it's funny they got spanked not too long ago as well. A couple of games ago, didn't they? Who um, against Crystal Palace? Crystal Palace. They lost. That's it. They lost four one at home to Crystal That's Palace. Right. And I'm just looking at their home form. It's dreadful. Um, because again, against Brighton, they lost at home. They lost. Uh, uh, they won uh, away to Villa. They lost at home to Crystal Palace. They took a draw at Old Trafford, and now they have us. Yeah. So when you look back, their home record has been quite, quite, uh, quite poor, and uh, it, it gives us confidence. And again, we're 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 yeah, on I mean, a we're on a ride. So, sorry. Roy Hodgson hasn't been there long, though. He's bought he, um, two games he's had, two or three games. Yeah. Two of, about a month, yeah. Give or take. I yeah, I don't think he's had that many games, yeah. though, has he? No. That's so, yeah, he's, ball, he's, yeah, he's only just starting to sort of try and strengthen up the, the defensive side of the game. And, but, yeah, I, I still wasn't that impressed with them against Man United. But, sorry, I, I cut in there, Kunjan. I mean, yeah. I know that their their form is, is pretty dreadful, but... Yeah. I don't think you can ever take a Roy Hodgson team to be a pushover, can you? And I hope 
hope he's not quite got his <laughs> his full um, uh, you know uh, message over to all the players fully yet. But before the before the weekend, but he's probably just about getting there now with his, the amount of time he's been with them on the training pitch. Yeah, but um, again, they're right now trying to get any point and every point they can get. Um, Looking at the league table right now, Burnley do have um, a a strong position of getting out of the top three, uh, the bottom three, beg your pardon. Um, It it looks quite bleak for Norwich. Uh, Watford, it's, 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 it's in the balance. So they are going to try and fight for every, for every point that comes their way. But I do yeah. see it. I, I think I agree with Ryan. I do see a one nil, maybe even two nil, um, to Watford. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I can't think of a. I'm, I'm thinking of something like a two one to Arsenal. Um, maybe like like Ryan said, a one nil. Um, I want to say two one. Possibly thinking that maybe they, you know, they obviously get a, a penalty against us like they always do generally. Uh, but luckily, you haven't got Troy Deeney anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like uh, Russ said earlier on that um, that Saar is just really quick, really rapid. So maybe, you know, something like that, bring him, bring him down in a, during a run, maybe get a penalty, free kick, that sort of thing. If Jack is marking him, I guarantee you we're getting, they're getting a penalty. I guarantee <laughs> Yeah. Actually... I'm just going to go back a little bit because I just thought of something else I wanted to actually have a quick word with you guys about as well. And that's about Kieran Tierney. And, mm. and I'm sorry, I can't think of which podcast I was listening to, but they, someone made a valid point when I was um, listening to a podcast recently about his recent form and the fact that he's not been the same sort of attacking force that he once was. And it seems to sort of, I mean, I think it overlaps a little bit, but a lot of it is down to the, since um, Tommy Asu has been out the team. And I can't remember who it was it was saying, but because Cedric is much more of an attacking sort of fullback than a defensive fullback, mm. we've always been a team where we've had a bit of a lopsided sort of way of playing defensively, whereby when we've got Tommy Asu in a team, Obviously, Tierney pretty much plays as a winger. And, you know, he's got that threat to move forward. Tommy Asu can push back in slightly more centrally to make a sort of a back three. Xhaka always used to sort of drop back a little bit to cover Tierney as well. But because we're not playing that way anymore, and because we've got Cedric in a team that is much more of an attacking uh, fullback, that may be the reason why... Tierney has been asked to play a slightly different role recently and play more of a sort of a Tommy Asu type of fullback role than what he's more sort of uh, naturally um, capable of doing. So have you noticed that either of you guys? I'm going to come to you first, Ryan, because obviously you've just uh, spoken to Kunja. I'll come to you in a second, Kunja. Have you noticed that he's been sort of a lot more defensive lately? And I think that might be quite a good explanation for it personally. I think this, not just recently. I think this season as a whole, he has played. He's been more. Def- he has been more defence-minded, but he does. He sort of got the balance right. So just because, yeah, we've always known he defensively he's a good left back, and he, we've we've seen he likes to get forward and get that ball in the box. I think he's been more calculated and more balanced with these attacks now. And he's not just going gun ho because 
he knows it and he knackers him out. And I think that's a good thing. Maybe that's a thing that Arteta has pulled into one side during pre-season, maybe. Because I've noticed that this season as a whole. And maybe, um, yeah, maybe Arteta, one of the coaches, pulled him one side and said, this is where you can improve. You work with us. You'll, you'll benefit us, not just us as a team, but it'll benefit you as a player. If your fitness mm. maintained, not stopping little niggle injuries. We've had one this season, little niggle. Compared to like we two or three by now, yeah. So again, I mean, it could, yeah, it, it could be something that's been coached coached into him from pre season. That's that's just, that's to say that uh, we've no, we've noticed you like, like we don't we don't want to stop you going gun ho like going going forward and crossing. We want you to keep that, but we want you to get the balance right between attack and defence because you know we can do both. Yeah, because I mean, our defence has been really good all season, and I'm wondering whether. They are trying to change him stylistically a bit because of the the way we're playing. We've, we've, we've had a few different formations this season, but I think it's always been the case. And he openly said it once, didn't he, that Arteta, that he wanted to ultimately play like a 4-3-3. Um, and we're seeing that the last couple of games, especially, um, that he's definitely moved towards that. And I'm wondering whether, you know, is something style they're, they're trying to, change his style of play sort of a little bit and tr- you know keeping him back on purpose have you I mean what's your thoughts on that Kunjen have you had any thoughts as you've been watching him lately so the two things again um I think it was the manager of Scotland who said that um uh, Tierney would be perfect as a center back and we mm-hmm. saw that against uh Wolves when um we took off Cedric Tierney Kieran Tierney slotted into a back three very easily, but he did open up the space on the left. Um, He wasn't bombarding forward, and he's not making the darting runs he did last season, but he is sticking to his channel, and that's why we're getting um, a lot of space on the left where he's whipping the balls in, and that's where, if we had a Vlaovic, we would be converting those chances, Mm. but we don't have a big, tall target man. So I do feel that having him bombarding forward right now is a little redundant, um, which is why maybe he's trying to be a little conservative with that. But it's working. Again, there's a lot of work that is being done in silence. When we speak of the victory against Wolves, we're talking about Pepe, we're talking about Lacazette. But we're not talking about the composure Gabriel had despite his mistake. Mm. We're not talking about how many times Ben White pulled the ball from the from the from from the goal line all the way into the center circle, we don't speak about these moments. So I do think that the defense has been a huge unsung hero as a collective. Yeah, um, and maybe that's why we're we're little we're little. I I think all that glitters is not gold, and this is the best example that yes, Tierney is not what we were seeing last season, but he's doing a lot without us noticing and 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 he's he's been he's been if he's leaving Tavares out there's a reason yeah no yeah i think so because i mean uh don't obviously Tavares has been another one similar to pepe really but unlucky about the player he's playing behind regarding the amount of minutes he can get but moving back onto the weekend and thoughts about that ryan Mm. i don't i mean he didn't have, definitely didn't have a bad game, but I think it was a fairly, fairly quiet game from Martinelli, wasn't it, against Wolves? Um, I think it's safe to say. Um, yeah, go on. And all I was going to say is, would it be worthwhile just 
resting him for this upcoming game and giving Pepe a chance? Maybe. Well, I think again we'll discuss this for the what the sorry the Wolves game last week that I would have started again. We didn't know the situation with Smith Rowe at the time, so that's I think that's played a big part in Martinelli having to start. But I think again, if I think if all players were available in positions in them positions, I think Martinelli would have been on the bench because I, there was a lot, not just riding on the game itself, but a lot of emotion in that game from Martinelli's point of view because obviously he. As far as he's concerned, and obviously us as a club and the fan base, he was wrongly done done by few literally two weeks ago. So it's still it's his first game back as well. So it's still fresh in the mindset. It's still mm. that burning thing. And he did it, and he could have yeah he could have used it to the advantage and sort of used that burning like, sensations. Like right, I'm going to prove a point to you today. I'm not going to get sent off. I'm going to keep my call, but I'm going to make I'm going to punish you. But he, he didn't, did he? He was just so. It's very, it was very timid, holding. It was holding back, and maybe again, it's another thing of him being young. That, in a sense, I say young. I mean, in terms of the amount of gameplay he's getting, maybe he does need a bit of time on the bench again, a couple, a few more games on the bench, allow Smith Rowe or Pepper to come in. Mm. And if they do, if it, the thing is, if you put Pepper, if you put Pepper in that team, and um, and Saka either side, they can they can they can hit the change throughout the game because of the yeah. Because of their, but, their preferred footing and all that, so that causes that causes defences more problems because they don't know who they're dealing with it from one minute to the next. You've also got Smith Rowe. I think he started training again, isn't he? As well yeah, now still, as after his illness in the Emirates. Yeah, in the training. Yeah, I wonder why they're training at the Emirates. By the way, that's a weird one, isn't it? Straight, they never train at the Emirates. Yeah, Emery tried. Emery tried doing that, didn't he? When Emery first came in, it was. Yeah, the day, the day before every home game, he'd, he'd literally have the, the Emirates sort of shut off so the players could go in and do uh, they train on the pitch and sort of make it a fortress sort of thing, mindset wise. Or that uh, sort, of, sort of European thing that they've because we, we've seen it in Champions League when we're in it, when we were in it, but when that's Barcelona or whoever, whoever, whatever European team came to town, no matter what class they were, they'd always the day before go into the stadium after obviously our stadium or whoever. And do training there. So I think yeah, and we'd just have we'd have all this yeah. horrible music piped through saying we are going to kill you, all this death metal <laughs> shit coming <laughs> whilst they're training. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a weird one. Now we're training there yeah. like so early in the week. But anyway, yeah, we're, that's a good sign that we've got ASR back. Hmm? I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited because obviously, like yourself, I've. I love Smith. I love, I love the fact he's broke into the team, mm. and this season especially that his first proper season, he's our top goal scorer he's, as we speak in all competitions. Yeah. He's, got, he's, he's contributed twelve goals in all comps this season so far. He could oh, potentially, no. potentially, if he avoids injuries and all that, hit the 20, 20, uh, 20 goal mark. And for for your first season at any club, that is amazing. It's unreal in the Premier League. Yeah, unreal in the Premier League. You you get a lot of really sort of experienced, you know, footballers, the strikers in the Premier League who struggle to get to double figures on a you know on a season season to season basis. So the fact that he's actually done that, um, I think he's got nine in the Premier League. Um, So unless Mm. barring some kind of God forbid, you know, anything happening to him, he's definitely going to get 10 in the Premier League as well. 
So, yeah, it's outstanding, really. But it, it's lovely to have these headaches now where we're talking about the game coming up. And we've got a lot of... I mean, it's, it sounds strange considering we've got rid of our best... supposed our best striker, our captain, a former captain. And we've got... We, we seem to be struggling to get all the players into the team that we want into the team. Like, so now we, we've got a, a selection headache, a nice selection headache coming up for the weekend. Well, I mean, Saka's pretty much tied up that right side, as we, as we mentioned, which has been a big problem, obviously, for Pepe to break into the team. Lacazette is pretty much one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got a choice of Smith-Rowe, Pepe, who came on to that great effect, and Smith and uh, Martinelli, sorry, um, for the other slot. So it's great to have that, um, that selection. But, I mean, I suppose people will just point to the fact that well, Smith Rowe came on to as a as a substitute and then scored several games in a row. Um, Pepe came on obviously against Wolves, scored as a substitute. So might as well keep them where they are. But I don't know. He just looked a little bit flat the other day uh, to me, Martinelli, uncharacteristically. I mean, no, he always works hard, chases every ball down. But yeah, there was just this little bit of a spark missing at the weekend, wasn't there? Um, on Thursday, sorry. I think again, maybe maybe that's maybe it's a case of because we don't know how how far in advance they knew about, about Smitho being feeling a bit under weather, non-COVID related, obviously, but still. Um, so it might be like a last minute on the day itself. He probably he's probably expecting, so he wasn't mentally prepared for playing actually starting the game. He probably thinking he was going to be on the bench until that day. Mm. So could, that could play yeah. a factor. That we don't know. Obviously, it yeah. might come out in the documentary in the summer, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I like that, just to finish off, really, I like that interview that um, Arteta had at the end of um, the match the other day. Mm. When And um, what's his name? The, uh, oh, God. Russian That's right, yeah. He was interviewing him. He said, uh, right at the end of the interview, he said about the documentary about being, being followed around by cameras. And mm. he said, oh, are we going to see... Uh, sort of a different side to you, uh, Mikel, sort of words to that effect, a question like that uh, coming up. And, uh, you know, Mikel sort of looked at the camera and said, probably. <laughs> you know, during, <laughs> it was just thought it was quite a nice sort of touch. I'm really looking forward to watching it, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's good. Especially, especially if it ends, in, it's got a really good ending. <laughs> yeah, especially. Yeah, especially yeah. Not, we don't want yeah. a Tottenham ending of, yeah, we finished no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but that would be glorious, wouldn't it? If um, we get our first sort of St. Totteringham's Day for quite a long time. And it's the all documentaries in town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So let's keep our fingers crossed there. Yeah. But yeah, once again, thank you very much, gentlemen. Um, I think we'll end it there. So we look forward to seeing you next week on the on the channel if you're both available. That'd be great. What have you got coming up, Ryan, this week? Uh, tomorrow I've got the Arsenal Women Watch Along. This is our this is our rearranged game against Reading that was done. Yeah, we looking... yeah, postponed back in December. We've got to, we've got to play it tomorrow night. So if we win that, we go four points clear. Looking forward and to that. There's still two games in hand over us, but one of them's against Tottenham. We are going for Champions League spots, so fingers crossed that doesn't go the way we. Is it, is it really this top? This, the WSL itself could go between. Is dependent on who Tottenham want to win it, basically. Mm. Effectively, <laughs> ain't going to be Arsenal, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I just want them to look. 
I'm, I'm getting fed up with the media going, oh, Chelsea got two games now, and that's it. Oh, my God, Harry Kane's a twat. Oh, my God, he had a free kick. He, he just scored. No, no, he literally had a free kick, and he's gone to take it, and he's, just on, he's done John Terry stepped on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> is, ba- is Balligan playing, or is he on the bench? Uh, he's not on the bench. He hasn't come on yet, but it's been no shots on target in this game. I just had it in the background, and there's no shots at all in this game. I just, on I either just... team. Please, Balogun, come on and knock him out. That'd be so um, good. But yeah, I'll be, doing that. I'll be doing that tomorrow. That's 7.15 kickoff, so go live about 7 o'clock on the channel. If you're yep. around, obviously, you're more than welcome to join me. And yeah, I think it will be. Bat- batter and Kate McCabe's gone over world. He actually did it the weekend. Um, so I think on Friday, oh. we do a podcast, in, obviously, in the build-up for the Watford game on Sunday. Match a day on on Saturday, stream wise, and then actual a literal double bubble watch along stream. Arsenal women versus Birmingham City, then the Watford versus Arsenal games. Literally five minutes later, after the game finishes. So busy a few days ahead, but yeah, busy, busy, yeah. Yeah, I'll come and join you tomorrow on the stream. Uh, Anyone, honestly, but if if you haven't seen Katie McCabe's goal from the weekend against Liverpool. Just urge you to go and have a look for it on YouTube because what a what a strike that is! On anyone the in the world would be the anyone in the world, man or woman, would be over the moon to score a goal like that. And if it was mm. if it was a well known male player that scored it, it would be doing the rounds forever on, on Twitter mm. for 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 days. So yeah, just go and have a, give it the the praise it deserves by finding it online. But yeah, Kunjan. Lovely to see you. Well, speak to you again. Oh, you got no, something thank else? Thank you for having me. And and on the uh, topic of the Arsenal ladies, I'm sure you must have read the news of uh, a statue unveiling yes. of the real goat. The, the real yes. goat. Yes, is that the a permanent goat. statue? I, I've, I haven't found. I've I've seen all the stuff on Twitter with her standing next to it. Is it a right. permanent statue there, or is it for some kind of temporary Adidas thing or something? I don't know. I haven't really said it. Just obviously, they, I think the the, the, uh, the party line was basically there's a there's loads of we see loads of statues of men and animals around London. We thought there'd be yeah. we should there should be a oh, this yeah. should be um, statues of women basically famous women. Yeah, no, that's what I've, I've seen that, but I don't know whether it's um, a permanent thing or whether it's yeah, just a temporary thing or what. Yeah, I haven't said if it's temporary or. Because what is it? Basically, it looks a different, a weird color. Yeah. Well, I think Vivian's one's red, isn't it? Some sort of pinkish. It's it's a certain magenta pink. Yeah. It's like a pink. Yeah, it's like a pinky color, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's great that she's got a statue. Right. I I just don't know that it's um whether it's a permanent thing or what. I have to look into it a bit more depth. Mm. But yeah. Anyway, I look forward to seeing you next week. Um, both of you. Mm-hmm. and thank you to everyone in the chat once again it's a real pleasure and thank you for all your comments if you can give us a like before you go that would be really grateful I'd be really grateful and um, please tell your friends and family about the channel and pass spread the word so it, we can get more gooners from all around the world to watch mm. us um, from here on in but yeah please like the channel subscribe if you haven't done so already and we'll see you again next week once again bye bye good night Come on, you gunners. Thank you for listening to From Dial Square to Air. 
please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel and of course our YouTube channel. And whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. Good morning and welcome to the Central Line. Just let you all know that Tottenham are shit. Tottenham Hotspur are shit.